everybody. Welcome to Good Life You, another episode, and I appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, you can get your video blogs where you get them. As I promised last week, we're going to talk about replacement staffing. Now, we've talked about this at different times before, but in all truth, I have conducted site reviews literally across the country with multiple programs, um, virtually and in person. And as I mentioned last time, we've just never experienced this level of, of shift openings in our history. And there are so many openings that it's causing people serious problems uh, right now. And we'll talk about some of those problems in a little bit. But, but obviously, when you're filling shifts, um, it's difficult. And you have only so much capacity and capacity is really the, the thing that we really have to focus on. And, and if you look at past episodes for video blogs, and I'm going to mention, you know, a few, and, and there'll be some that's going to be um, uh, shown to you, but you really need to go backwards on a couple things to really get a full appreciation for what I'm going to talk about today. One video blog was on wonky schedules. Another was about our front and back half workforce. Those are literally essential viewing uh, for you really to understand what we're trying to accomplish. If you looked at a lot of our impact studies, we've, by our scheduling processes that we use, we're able to increase our capacity so much uh, in terms of you know, helping people be able to work extra through openings and really there's lots of different ways we do this, but one of the ways that we do it is we compress the work week. So you're seeing a lot of the front back half three day work week as a base schedule. It's not the only schedule, but it's the base schedule and it's standardized uh, as much as we can. Now there's always variations to cover ratios and that's why we say it's a base schedule. We overlay that schedule with other staffing patterns to, to meet ratio requirements, and that's you know explained in other ver uh, episodes. But the point is, it's really important to design your schedules in such a way as you can create capacity to work extra. Because if somebody's working a three-day work week, as we've talked about before, you can pick up one or two more full shifts, 12-hour shifts is a three-day work week, 36 hours a week, and you can pick up another shift or two um, and you still have two days off. So just having shorter work weeks and longer days where you work three days a week, you will see a greater capacity to work extra. There's some things I just want to point out before we get into replacement staffing is the things that cause problems for replacement staffing is too high a reliance on part time too high a reliance on five-day work weeks because people don't want to work extra on a five-day work week, and too many wonky schedules, meaning they're too uh, varied. And what all of that does is, uh, is a five-day work week, as we said, it's just too few. The, the, basically, a person can, if they work extra, then they don't have enough time off. And if they want to work a longer day, a five-day work week doesn't cover the entire next shift. And so you fracture your shifts because some, you know, like five-day work week guy is going to say, well, I can't work 16 hours. 
I'll work four more hours. Well, then how are you going to fill that last little bit, right? The other thing we found out through our research uh, with, uh, with our university partners is that people who work part-time usually have some other reason why they're working part-time. They're going to school or maybe they have another job. But in reality, we found that people who work five days and people who work part-time don't work extra as much as a three-day work week. In fact, the three-day work week organically is associated with about 38 or 40% greater uh, shift capacity, meaning people are working more, 40 more percent of the time in a three-day work week compared to a five-day work week. So if you want to uh, have replacement staffing, the first thing that you do, the first layer is to make sure you have a compressed work week and you don't use part-time people. And that's why we advocate, you know, the, the three-day work week and the front back half system, which was on a previous episode. So you really need to learn that because the first solution to having the capacity to work extra for replacement, you know, call-offs and vacancies and other, is to have a three-day work week where it's and, and, and less reliance on part-time. The, se- the second issue that is really important to emphasize is standardization. Most people have kind of schedules that are very individualized and they, beyond what they have to be. And, and there's approaches so you don't have to individualize them. Most of the individualization that we see is where a manager is given the responsibility to make their own schedules to a budget or to certain ratios. So instead of standardizing an approach across an agency where there's some, simil- uh, some, some standardization of, of shifts, Instead, you're just saying to a manager over here, you say, hey, you know, here's the budget. Here's the number of hours you have. Make a schedule. And then you say the same thing to another manager over here. And what ends up happening is each manager develops their own shift strategy, and they're not the same. And because of that, it makes replacement staffing harder to develop. What normally agencies do, which is not what we're recommending, is they use what we, the industry, I think, calls PRN or substitute staffing to replace open shifts. Well, what that really is, oftentimes what that is, is people who no longer work with you, who when they leave, they say, yeah, I'll pick up shifts here or there when you need me to. And, but it's always on their terms. They get to decide when they do it. Also, if you have a lot of openings, if you have a lot of them, then some people will go from working a regular home shift to PRN or substitute status so they can tell you what the shifts are that they want to work. So they're in a sense saying, hey, I know you got a lot of openings. I can work here, here, and here. And you say, okay, because what choice do you have, right? And then occasionally, and I would have to say with increasing frequency, you're seeing agencies run out of people. They run, you know, they have too many vacancies. They don't have enough substitutes. Their schedules are not designed so that people can work extra. A variety of reasons are not attractive. People don't want to work that schedule, so they quit. But they often go and work for a pool agency, which pays more money, and some agencies become reliant on pools. 
And before I get into the solution, I want to talk to you about pools because I'm not going to mince any words. I, I've always considered pool staffing to be the payday loan people for providing care. And, and, and I say that because of the business model, not because anybody's a bad person, but because of the business model. You see this time and time again. If you look at the actual contracts that you sign, it says some things that sound reasonable. It says, we will provide you staffing. And by the way, the staffing that you, you paid your staff, you know, maybe $16 or $18 for, I'm going to pay staff $20 for, and I'm going to charge you $40. And they do. And they do, and they know that you have to pay it because you have an obligation to deliver care. And I've talked to many of you guys out there where you're telling me how horribly painful it is, but what choice do you have to continue a program? If you are locked into a pool, you have to do that. But, but here's the thing. In that contract, it will also say you, the agency, cannot hire the staff from the replacement agency, which sounds almost reasonable on the surface. But what really isn't said that half of the time, those agencies are hiring your staff who leave your agency in order to work for a pool and then work right back at the program that they left to get two things that you didn't give them. $2 more an hour and a, and a, a reasonable schedule that they can work. Because when they work back, they don't always work the schedule that you want. They may offer something else in the agency. We go, hey, we don't have that schedule, but there's a person that will work this. And you go, okay. So it's not just the $40 an hour. It's the fact that it doesn't always match up to what you need. Now, and if you want to hire that person, you can't. But they will allow you to pay, and I've seen as much as $5,000 a person, so that you can actually hire the person that used to work for you that now works for them and is working for you. And you can see that's, you know, really a serious situation. So when you start using a pool, what happens is it actually causes the opposite of what you're hoping, where you're actually looking for relief. It ends up taking more resources from you and charging you more resources to get the talent back. So look, maybe not all of it works that way, but I can tell you time and time and time again, I've seen it to the point where I've talked to many people within states where there, there's legislation pending in states trying to eliminate some of these really hardship type of, 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 uh, of contractual obligations where you can't hire people back and a variety of things, you know, because it is truly viewed as a kind of a almost a parasitic approach to, to pulling people away from care and then giving it back to them uh, in, the, in the name of, of helping. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it doesn't. So, you know, enough of that. But what you have to look at is why is all of this happening to you? Well, it's happening for about three or four reasons. First of all, you, your pay isn't quite as good as it needs to be maybe by a couple of dollars. And that couple of dollars has cost you 15. That's an issue that we can help you with in our scheduling and pay approach. Because we are able to pay more money with the same budget you have, 
but it's with a different scheduling approach. And that was discussed in some of the other episodes. So one of the reasons that people are put in the situation is as is pay. But more times than not, the other reason is because of schedules, the attractiveness of schedules. And so they get in a situation where, you know, people are leaving because they want more attractive schedules than the wonky schedules that some providers provide. So that's another reason. So pay and schedules. Um, and, and so the other reason is a lack of standardization of their work schedules. And let me get kind of lean on that a little bit. When your schedules are all wonky and they're, and they're high reliance on part-time and they're different in this program than that program, there's no system model on how you provide schedules. Then you are forced to go into a what I call a PRN or substitute staffing model where you have to try to have somebody work various schedules and you hope that they're available and when they're not available, it's just too bad. Well, our approach is very different. Our approach is what we call superimposed staffing. And that's also been discussed in prior episodes, but I want to talk about it now with respect to replacement schedules. So we have a front back half workforce. And when you have a standardized work schedule, you actually can hire another group of people, not that works part time or that works PRN or as needed, but actually is scheduled to work a front half or back half schedule layered on top of your existing workforce. And you can develop a pool of these people. And then your vacancy manager, which we also explained in a prior you know, video blog, can manage the superimposed staffing. And when it, it happens, when, when the need for staffing happens, you, you basically have people who are working the front back half workforce, or if it's standardized even Monday through Friday, additional layered Monday through Friday positions, anything that's standardized, you can put a superimposed workforce on top of that working the exact same schedule for, I'm going to say, X number of positions. So if you had 50 front half and 50 back half, you might have as many as 10 superimposed workforce that are permanent positions on top of that that is paid to work as a superimposed staff. In our agency, our current position, and we've done it different ways, is that we actually pay the superimposed staff because they don't have a regular home that they go to. We pay them a little bit more money to be a superimposed staff because the rule is you have to go wherever we ask you to go, but you do have a schedule that you can rely on that's three days on the front half of the back half. So it's a standardized work schedule that you actually have uh, and you work, but you're not assigned a particular home. The workforce manager then, usually a couple of weeks out, will assign open shifts because of vacancies, regular staff vacancies. They'll, they'll assign these superimposed workers to work in various homes to replace open positions. Now, it means that you no longer, if, if your regular homes and programs, let's say, had 100 positions that you needed to, in normal staffing, that actual schedules in those homes, you may be recruiting 115 or 120 people because you have this layered workforce. But you can. 
because you don't have any you you don't have to wait for openings it's truly schedules that are three-day work weeks on the front and the back end so you can continue recruiting so that you have more people to create your own replacement staffing workforce then when there's an opening two things would happen one of two things would happen if it's opening usually in advance you know a, a week or two because of a vacation or because you have an opening in your home normally we use a superimposed workforce to fill that but since you have a front back half regular workforce that also exists who's only working three days a week full-time 12 days a month meaning that they're off six you know 14 to 16 days a month organically they too are trying to pick up additional work so we usually use the existing staff workforce to cover call-offs in their homes or in nearby homes we use the superimposed workforce to cover openings staff openings of the home because that way you can give them a schedule a week or two in advance then the superimposed workforce might go around different homes and try different homes out and may enjoy one home or the other and then they'll raise their hand and say you know when there is an opening in that home we would like to have it permanently so the superimposed workforce also becomes a way where you can actually uh, try out homes to find the home that you really like one last point is that we often pay the superimposed workforce a little more money and more money than the people who work in a home because of the inconvenience of having to move around to different homes well what we also do is they say you get more money and if you stay in the superimposed workforce for a certain period of time then you can choose your quote forever home and you get to keep the extra money so it's a way to, uh, we kind of call that program the employee choice program where instead of us trying to match an employee to that home and it, we're not necessarily we don't know the employee so we don't really know their preferences by working in a superimposed strategy you can try things out and you end up working in the home that you really like so kind of summarizing everything where i try to do is develop a superimposed workforce over standardized schedules and then use that workforce to replace vacancies and this and because you're hiring them to work a front and back half schedule you don't, you don't have somebody saying well i want to pick and choose when i'm working they are working they're working the front half or the back half you would pay them even if there were no openings you would pay them however if you arrange everything right you'll find that it's, you have a certain number of superimposed workers to cover your base so you don't over hire the superimposed but you do hire enough now what we usually do is to say we want a superimposed workforce sufficient to cover 85 percent of the open positions which means there's 15 percent not covered and there's call-offs not covered because the regular workforce is wanting to pick up extra shifts you know too so we can't hire so many that there's just not anything and in that way you will never have any extra cost for this workforce because it's going the full cost of this workforce will be covered by vacancies in your program if you have a workforce that's superimposed and a front back half that can work extra you will have a system 
where you will not be um, beholding to pool, sapping. And you will be giving people what they want most, extra pay because of how our scheduling pay system works, which is the pre previous blog, or preferred schedules, which they want too. And you'll be reducing your reliance on part-time in favor of full-time. And that's kind of how we approach it. Now, when in by one thing, right now, a lot of agencies will say, Mike, we want to implement your new, you know, your staffing system. We need help because we can't keep going on like this. But it is so busy right now. We don't know how we can give attention to making the changes of schedules in our home uh, now because it's just too hard. We're bailing water as fast as we can. And we just don't have the time to do this and change in ways to implement your new staffing approach. And there is an answer to that. And one is don't bail water faster. And that's not the answer. The answer really is instead of changing your homes, we would implement an implementation strategy for programs that have too many openings. We'd actually help them develop the replacement staffing first and not change their homes. And then we would use that replacement staffing because, by the way, once you start offering front back half 12 hour schedule, you will get people coming in your agency that previously did not come in your agency. Because remember, if you have wonky schedules, what schedules are open? It's the wonkiest schedules that are open. It's the worst schedules, because if, the, if there's better schedules, somebody inside would move to it, right? They would migrate to that. So people who have sort of different types of individualized schedules, the ones that will be open will be the hardest. And you're trying to recruit to those with beginning wage. And that's why your pipeline, among other reasons now, but that's a major reason why your pipeline's dripping and not running. You have front back half schedules in your replacement workforce, and you start recruiting that, you'll get a flow, a new flow of talent to your agencies to replace to develop your replacement staffing system. And then that group of people will help you implement the new schedules, which we can show you how that's done uh, in a future episode on implementation. But in essence, you know, that's the full story of replacement staffing. And if um, you are in a situation where you're reliant on pools or you have too many vacancies to even change your agency to get out of the rut that it's in, call us and we can tell you how we can use replacement staffing strategy to help you sort of dig out of the rut. We even have some solutions that I'm not going to talk about here on how to get into the note out of the, the challenges when you have a, a sort of a, an ornery uh, um, pool agency that, that's taking staff and you can't get them back. There's ways around that too we can talk about at, at another time. But today is about replacement staffing and how you can kind of get out of the rut and how you can use the replacement staffing to actually change how you deliver schedules uh, and implement our scheduling system in a very painless way that gets your faucet running. So thank you for your time today and we will talk next time about something very interesting that's called workforce bifurcation. What that really means is we want to talk to you about how there's really two workforces in your agencies. There's the hourly and the exempt. 
and they want different things and there's a way to give them both what they want, including benefits and other strategies. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah. Yeah.